Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Arizona, Alaska, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Okay, today is Tuesday, the 15th of February. I am uh, going to focus today on a bill that is going through the Florida House of Representatives. It is titled, The Parental Rights in Education Bill. Isn't that a great name? That's a great name. I love it. I love it. It doesn't encompass all parental rights. The bill addresses the issue of going behind parents' backs and then keeping specific information private and away from the parents. In other words, don't worry. We won't let your parents know. Your secret is safe with us. We have addressed this issue on our website. We have written about it. I have done other podcasts on this topic, and it's great to see a state is actually considering legislation that would make it illegal to do this. Now, there are many other issues related uh, to this problem of the school talking to students, other issues related to medical services, related to giving medications, referral for surgeries, and the like. And it's tragic when you hear about the consequences, the repercussions, and the victims who are suffering because of bad policies in the school. I'm referencing an article that was published yesterday by the Heritage Foundation. Jay Richards, PhD, and Jared Eckert, Research Assistant. Florida's Parental Rights in Education Bill hits the target. Gender ideology harms kids. So there are three takeaways here. Number one, liberal activists are claiming that the parental rights bill would harm kids. That's nonsense. It would protect young children from what is, in effect, sexual grooming. And I think they're right. Number two, the fashionable gender ideology peddled by many schools is contrary to the best medical evidence. And lastly, number three, the new Florida bill recognizes the well-being of children and the right of their parents to raise and to teach them. Children are being targeted with sexual content, not just in social media, but also in school curriculums. And as with other recent controversies, however, Leaders in Florida are fighting back. Lawmakers in the Sunshine State have introduced a new bill 
parental rights and education. Media outlets are not calling it that. They have mislabeled it the Don't Say Gay bill. The bill would not ban the word gay, not even close. Rather, it would protect children from teachers and other school officials who seek to sexualize and bombard them with gender ideology. Now, in the state of Oregon, they start doing that in kindergarten, and it's happening all over the country, reading books to kids, very, very young children, about, you can change your sex. Liberal activists are claiming that the parental rights bill would harm kids. It would protect young kids from what is, in effect, sexual grooming, whether in the classroom or in the nurse's office. Fact is, this has become a partisan issue And it's a sign of how bizarre our culture and politics have become. Crazy. In recent years, sexually explicit and age-inappropriate materials have flooded our classrooms. For example, last year in Washington State, a first-grade teacher read students, I Am Jazz, an infamous child's book that promotes transgenderism. And as I said earlier, there are many books like this, and they're reading them to grade school age children. There was a lawsuit in Oregon when a teacher kept an eight-year-old in from recess on multiple days to read a book to him called, What Am I? And that teacher did it behind the parents' back. The parents sued the school district for a million dollars, sued the teacher I don't know what the outcome was. I have a feeling they settled out of court. That is inappropriate and wrong, and we have to stop it. Thank you, Florida. So it is true that this sexually explicit uh, content does harm children, and it takes them years to overcome the trauma that they experience when they're told that they can change their sex. Anybody with common sense knows we should protect young children from sexual content. And scientific evidence confirms that. We know that early exposure to sexual content can harm young students, and it has been linked to poor mental health, life satisfaction, sexual behavior and attitudes, and pornography viewing patterns in adulthood. Decent schools used to know that kids need visual and intellectual space to flourish and mature into healthy, balanced adults. Unfortunately, times have changed. Schools are now often a pipeline for sexualizing kids as young as five. That's kindergarten age. And the fact that activist educators do this in the name of compassion or gender equity doesn't change what's really happening. What's more, the fashionable gender ideology peddled by many schools is contrary to the very best medical evidence. And according to the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 88 to 98% of those struggling with gender dysphoria will reconcile with their biological sex after going through puberty. These kids who are being shown all of this material 
haven't even experienced being fully male or fully female. Hormone treatments, costly and painful medical treatment, and physical illness. That's the problem with all these stages of the transition trifecta, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgery. But even prior, social transition can lead to harm. If a girl spends her teen years presenting and imagining herself as a boy, she will be more likely to take the next steps on the path to gender transition. And she won't get those years back, even if she changes her mind. She will be out of sync with her peers. Then there's the physical exam. Then there's the physical harm. Puberty blockers have been shown to reduce bone density, which can lead to lifelong problems. Cross-sex hormones can sterilize those who receive them. And removing sex organs is just sterilization. Full stop. Parents have the most interest and incentive to weigh the options, the risks, and the irreversible, life-altering consequences of these methods. A healthy culture recognizes that parents, not teachers and school nurses, have the chief responsibility for helping their children who struggle with their sexed bodies. Of course, there's honest debate about what is age-appropriate and about what is the best treatment for those with gender dysphoria. So, in short, who should decide? Teachers, administrators, or parents? This Florida bill sides with parents, as it should. That's why much of it is about transparency. For parents, parents can then decide when, if, and how their children will be exposed to sexually explicit content and referred for therapy and medical treatment. In a normal world, a law mandating transparency wouldn't be needed. People know that that makes sense. Not now. Teachers would share the values and priorities of their parents in their communities. Today, however, many public schools treat parents as hostile and reactionary impediments to gender indoctrination. Those schools aid and abet in the social transition of kids who request it, using and enforcing preferred pronouns and the like while hiding it from parents. Parents in Wisconsin and Florida are currently suing school districts for doing just that. And by the way, they're not the first. This has gone on in Oregon, Washington, California, sir, the very first call that I received when I took this role four years ago was from a mom whose daughter announced to her on her 18th birthday in the counselor's office, she had decided to change her sex. That young girl, prior to being 18, was in discussion about this with the counselor for months and the school never contacted her mother. She was a staff person working in the school, and they never mentioned it to her mother, kept it secret. Tragic. Now that mother has no relationship with her daughter. She's gone through the the sex change. She's over 18. 
and it's too late. This kind of deception strikes at the natural bond between parents and their children. Moms and dads, not teachers and principals, know their children best. Moms and dads have a right and a responsibility to raise their children. They may delegate some of the details to schools, but that does not mean they give up their prerogatives. This new Florida bill recognizes the well-being of children and the right of their parents to raise and teach them. Other states should ignore the liberal media trolls and follow Florida's lead absolutely. So you're probably saying to yourself, well, we're, we're, we're in big trouble in our state because we have a very liberal legislature. That's not true. You can stop this, these kinds of policies in your local school district. If you have a conservative board, they can pass policy overturning the GLSEN confidentiality policy that many schools have adopted. This was done at the local level. That's why they're implementing it in the schools and they're getting away with it. So I'm attaching in the show notes a link to the GLSEN policy. It's 16 pages long. I want to read a section of it to you. This is a description of determining gender identity. They say gender identity is a core aspect of personal identity. The model policy is based on the basic principle that only an individual can determine their own gender identity. This approach is consistent with current best practices and state and federal law. And the conclusion is this. Schools have found that in practice, it is not difficult to verify that a student is really transgender, regardless of whether they can present medical or legal evidence. In rare cases where a school administrator suspects that a student is initiating a formal process to discuss a transition for an improper purpose, the administrator can seek additional clarification and the student's needs and objectives. So, are you understanding this? It's all about what the student thinks. It has nothing to do with science. There is no way you can prove one way or another that the student is, quote, trans, unquote physically, because the student, unless they have gone through some sort of uh, physical, uh, medically, medical, surgical change, which by the way, doesn't actually change their sex. It just removes body parts. All of the other cells in their body are either male or female. It's in the DNA of every single cell in your body. So these kids are being told that they can change their sex before they even go through puberty. And then later, they may determine that they are another sex. 
in their head, claim it, and the school will keep it secret from their parent. I hope you will consider starting a parents' rights and education chapter in your area. You've got to monitor what is happening in your local school district. Yesterday, Monday, Parents' Rights and Ed Board had a day-long strategic planning meeting, and we are gearing up for support for local groups. Uh, We already are doing that, but we know that this is going to, to just explode. And I invite you to share this with your friends, share this podcast, and tell them it's time. We've got to start a local parents' rights and ed group, one in your school district, so that you can monitor what is going on there. You can change your board, get involved in local school board elections. There's strength in numbers. We are creating a handbook. We're going to do a, a national call a week from this coming Thursday. That would be the 24th of February, Thursday evening. It's a national call. I will leave our contact information in the show notes. This is Parents' Rights. Now. Oh, and please check your show notes. We have a link to a brief questionnaire. We'd really uh, love to have you fill out. You could help us out a lot if you would do that. Uh, Give us some feedback about what you think about pre. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. Um, You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much. 